$5,000. That's the average amount of money people in the U.S. are now spending on gas in a year. Five grand. That's crazy. If you drive, you have to download Upside, the free app that gives you cash back every time you get gas. That's right. You can earn real cash back with Upside just by buying the gas you're already buying. You can literally start earning cash back today. I use Upside every time I fill up, and I've already made around two, $300. You're putting gas in your car anyway. Why not get real cash back? If you like free money, download Upside. I'm saving the cash I earn from using Upside to help pay for a vacation later this year. Download the free Upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code SAVE to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code SAVE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code SAVE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Big Mad True Crime, where we get big mad over true crime. I'm your host, Heather Ashley, and today you'll be hearing Missing Volume 2, the disappearances of Kaya Taylor, Erin Marie Gilbert, Christy Russo, and Ryan Larson. Small talk sucks, so let's dive in. Our first missing person is 28-year-old Kaya Taylor, last seen on February 6, 2020, in Plant City, Florida. Kaya Taylor was one of those people that could match anyone's energy. Her mom told Bay News 9 that she never knew a stranger. However, she also noted that she'd recently started hanging out with the wrong crowd. According to the outlet, Kaya had struggled with addiction in the past, but got sober and her life had been changing for the better. Her family had been a steady support system for her through her battles, which is why when they stopped hearing from her, they got worried. Kaya's mother told News Nation that on February 6th of 2020, Kaya got into an argument with her boyfriend who she'd been staying with in a house off of Coart Road. She says that Kaya called her friend crying and said that she was going to stay over at her friend's house, but Kaya never showed up. The last known sighting of Kaya is at 4 p.m. that afternoon when she reportedly dropped her boyfriend back off at the home they'd been staying in. While news reports say that he was the last person to see her, posts on the Finding Kaya Facebook page state that there may have been two additional people who saw her. After leaving her boyfriend's house, Kaya was never seen or heard from again. Three days went by without any communication with Kaya until February 9th when a friend of hers who was driving down East Trapnel Road saw Kaya's black Toyota Solaris parked on the shoulder by the railroad tracks. Her car was found less than a mile from her boyfriend's home. The two streets actually intersected and it's hard to believe that you'd be able to drive down that road at all and not have seen Kaya's car. Having found the car, her friend called Kaya's mom to let her know. Inside, she found the keys, Kaya's purse and wallet, and everything she would need if she wanted to go anywhere, including her phone, which was found on the railroad tracks. According to her family, Kaya would have never gone anywhere without her phone. It was her lifeline. Kaya's mom drove the car back and officially reported her daughter missing. To her surprise, though, police were already aware of her car. According to WFLA, they had come across it just three hours after she was last seen at around 7 p.m. on February 6th. 
They'd found it abandoned, still running, with the driver door open, partially blocking the railroad tracks. According to the Finding Kaya Facebook page, the deputy did not run her plates, they just got into the car and moved it to the side of the road, assuming the driver would be back to get it. Knowing that, it was clear that Kaya had disappeared within a three-hour window between 4 p.m. and 7 p.m. on February 6, but they were three days behind whatever happened. With a missing persons report filed, Bay News 9 reports that investigators took possession of her vehicle, which we know had been driven home at that point, and processed it for any evidence that might tell them if anyone other than Kaya had been in or around her car. According to the HSCO podcast, the only fingerprints found were from people she knew. In the days following, WFLA reports that deputies, Homeland Security, and volunteers all searched the area surrounding the railroad tracks and her boyfriend's home. Canines were called out, helicopters were seen flying above, flyers were put up, and a digital road sign was posted about her disappearance. But as hard as they searched, they found nothing. That is, until February 26th. 20 days after she was last seen and after countless searches, Kaya's shoes were found sitting at the base of a light post that had one of her missing persons flyers on it. It seems odd that her shoes wouldn't have been spotted when that flyer was put up had they been there when it was. Kaya has been missing for more than two years. The Finding Kaya Facebook page states that everyone who saw her last has been interviewed by law enforcement, but they aren't privy to what that resulted in. Though the reporting and updates on her case seem to have stalled, the Facebook page did make the following post at the end of last month on July 26, 2022. You think you're a tough guy, but guess what? People are starting to crack. This is your chance. We told you, no cops, no questions. You and your accomplices have the choice. Either tell, name, and list it a phone number, or it's back to prison and wrongful death lawsuit time. As a reminder, those who aided you and kept your secret will also be held accountable. No more playing nice-nice. Kaya's family is offering a $10,000 reward for information, and Crime Stoppers is offering up to $5,000. If you know anything about the disappearance of Kaya Taylor, please contact the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office at 813-247-8000. I'll post her missing persons flyer in the missing persons highlight. Our second missing person is 24-year-old Erin Marie Gilbert, last seen on July 1, 1995 in Girdwood, Alaska. Erin Gilbert was at a point in her life where she was figuring out who she was and what she wanted. According to the Charlie Project, she'd moved from Sacramento to Alaska in the year prior to live with her sister, brother-in-law, and their children at a military base. She'd taken a job as a nanny, but according to the Anchorage Daily News, had plans to start cosmetology school soon and dreamed about becoming a novelist. On June 30th, 1995, KTVA reports that she met a guy named David. They were at a local bar that would host karaoke nights and comedy acts, and the two hit it off. They made plans to get together the following day and head to the Girdwood Forest Fair. It's a pretty popular event that's held every year, and it's focused on being a no-drama and affordable place for musicians, artists, craftsmen, etc. to show off what they have to offer. 
At around 4 p.m. on the following day, David came to Aaron's sister's house to pick her up. Before she left, the Anchorage Daily News reports that her four-year-old nephew told her that she should take a cell phone with her. Back then, cell phones were massive and weren't always readily available, so she told her nephew that she'd be fine. At around 5 p.m., David and Aaron got to the festival, and from what I can find, there are witnesses who saw the two while they were there. They spent about an hour walking around and around 6 p.m. headed back to David's car to leave, but they couldn't. According to the outlet, David's car wouldn't start because he'd left his headlights on. That seems like an innocent enough mistake, but what happens after that is what makes this case so strange. Realizing that his car battery was reportedly dead, the Anchorage Daily News reports that David decided to walk to a friend's house nearby for some help. The only problem is that he didn't seem to know how to get to his friend's house. In fact, it's reported that he walked for two hours before coming back to his car. When he got there, he says that Aaron was gone. Obviously, this is what red flags are made of. He's walking to a friend's house but doesn't seem to know how to even get there and for what? Help starting his car because they were at a festival full of people. Certainly, that would have been the easier option, but what do I know? Seeing that Aaron was gone, the Charlie Project reports that David figured she'd probably gone back to the fair, something he probably should have done as well. He says he went back to find her, but couldn't, so he went back to his car, and like magic, it started. Isn't it a miracle? With his now-running vehicle, the Charlie Project reports that David claims to have searched for Aaron until 1 a.m. In case we're doing math here, which we definitely are, that would mean that he searched for her for five hours. That seems nice, but it also seems like he might have jumped to conclusions really fast. He had only met her the day before from everything I can find and claims that he left her for two hours while he walked around aimlessly. I'd assume that most people would think that she got fed up and found another ride home, but he went out searching for her for five hours. By 7 a.m. the next morning, only six hours after he claimed to have stopped looking for her, Anchorage Daily News reports that David called Aaron's sister to ask if she'd made it home. Aaron had not made it home. Immediately, Aaron's sister knew that something was wrong, so she and her family drove back up to the fair and, according to the outlet, had Aaron's name announced on stage. They searched the fairgrounds for her and the woods surrounding it, but she wasn't there. With no sign of Aaron, they officially reported her missing. Following her missing persons report, detectives brought out canines, used helicopters, and searched for Aaron everywhere they could possibly think to search, but to this day have found nothing. And David has never been named a suspect. Aaron has been missing for 27 years, but no one has forgotten about her. If you have any information about the disappearance of Erin Marie Gilbert, please contact the Alaska State Troopers at 907-428-7200 or 907-269-5497. I'll post her missing persons flyer in the missing persons highlight.
Our next missing person is 31-year-old mother of two, Christy Russo. She was last seen on October 21st, 2021 in Jasper County, Florida. I'm going to start this off with the fact that on the morning of October 21st, 2021, Christy Russo was released from jail. Not that I think you would, but just in case, I want to encourage everyone not to brush off her disappearance just because she has a record. I tried to find an arrest close to the date she was released, but the most recent one I could find was from KJAS about a month prior in September for public intoxication and what looks like either failing to identify herself or giving false information in the process of figuring out who she was. It looks like her report stated that she was homeless at the time of her arrest. Regardless of the circumstances leading up to her disappearance, Christy is still a human being, her life has value, and she has a family that wants nothing more than to bring her home. After being released from jail, 12 News Now reports that Christy's aunt picked her up and dropped her off somewhere within the county. After that, she got rides from several different people throughout the day and was seen at the Garden Inn and Suites and dropped off by someone around 4 p.m. in the 1800 block of County Road 777. There's not much around that area at all. After being dropped off at 4 p.m., Christy was never seen or heard from again. Her family put up flyers all around the surrounding counties hoping that someone might see them and recognize her. And while people did call the number on the flyers saying that they saw her, none of those sightings wound up being Christy. Searches were done and detectives told 12 News Now that they planned on bringing cadaver dogs out, but for months there was no sign of Christy. On December 18th, 2021, KJAS reports that someone was driving down Highway 96 near Road 721 when they noticed two black trash bags on the side of the road. Maybe they were curious or maybe they were into true crime, but for whatever reason, they stopped and noticed that the bags were wet. Inside, they found clothes. They were Christie's clothes, just miles away from where she was last seen. One of the biggest questions was why were they wet? According to historical weather data, it hadn't rained there in nine days, and there are sporadic ponds around the area, but as the crow flies, they were found more than 50 miles from the coast. According to 12 News Now, deputies have interviewed everyone who gave Christy a ride that day and have followed up on every tip that has come in, but nine months later, she is still missing. If you have any information about the disappearance of Christy Russo, please contact the Jasper County Sheriff's Department at 409-994-4778. You don't have to give your name if you don't want to. I'll post her missing persons flyer in the missing persons highlight. Our last missing person today is 11-year-old Ryan Larson. He is autistic and was last seen on May 17, 2021, walking out of La Vista Elementary School in La Vista, Nebraska. On May 17, 2021, Ryan went to school as usual. During a math lesson, WOWT reports that he got frustrated with one of the math problems and in the past, when Ryan was upset, he might run off. He had done it a few weeks prior, but according to the outlet, was found just a couple of blocks away at his grandmother's house. Anytime Ryan had run off before, he was either found close to where he ran from or came back on his own after a couple of hours. Unfortunately, that's not what happened this time. Between 11.55 a.m. and 12.05 p.m. around lunchtime, the outlet reports that Ryan was left unattended. When an adult returned to the classroom, he was gone. 
22 minutes went by, and according to WOWT, at 1227, the school called Ryan's mom to let her know what was going on. His mother called 911 and officially reported him missing. Without hesitation, the La Vista Police Department went to work trying to track him down. They found surveillance footage of who his family believes is him from a business that backs up to the apartment complex he lived at and a neighbor who says they saw him around that same time. That was around 1.45 p.m. According to 3 News Now, Ryan didn't have a key to his apartment, so he couldn't have gone inside, and the sighting of him was more than an hour and a half after he left school, but only about a half a mile away. With Ryan nowhere to be found, his family told the police that he loved playing hide-and-seek, that he was known to find clever hiding places and could stay there for hours. According to the Charlie Project, he'd even use the internet to search how to hide underground and how to hide from police. Knowing that, police asked the public to look anywhere on their property that a child might be able to hide, sheds, decks, etc., and then took thermal imaging equipment through his school to see if maybe he was hiding somewhere in there. WOWT reports that they went as far as to check the ductwork, but there was no sign of him. Police went door-to-door in the area asking anyone if they'd seen Ryan, helicopters were seen searching above, and detectives made their way six miles south of the school to Walnut Creek, a place where he and his family would regularly visit. There were some comments made about a possible tip or two that led them to the Walnut Creek area, but it's not entirely clear what that might have been. Regardless of why investigators zeroed in on the Walnut Creek area, they zeroed in hard. Police were seen blocking off the entrances and warned on social media to avoid the area at all if possible. For days, multiple agencies, including the Nebraska State Patrol and the FBI and surrounding counties, all joined their resources together to try and find Ryan. They searched from above, searched the water using boats and divers, and even drained several feet of the water to make it easier to search. Canines were also brought in, and it sounds like they may have been cadaver dogs because WOWT reported that they picked up on a scent, but that it could have been an animal, human, or something else. Based on that reporting, it doesn't sound like they were using a scent article to track Ryan's particular scent. Through all of their resources and time spent searching, there was no sign of Ryan anywhere. By hour 96, the chief of police told the outlet, I'm really worried. By Sunday, May 23rd, 3 News Now reports that detectives switched from a search approach to a more investigative approach and buckled down on looking into the registered sex offenders in the neighborhood. If anything came from that, it was never reported on. More than a month after Ryan went missing, on June 28, 2021, news broke that Ryan's umbrella had been found. He'd had it with him the day he went missing, and according to 3 News Now, it was special to him because his sister had given it to him before she moved out. As it turns out, it had been found at his apartment complex just days after he was reported missing, but they had sent it off to the lab for testing just to make sure it was Ryan's, and Ryan's DNA was found on it. There had been witness accounts of seeing Ryan at the apartment complex the day he went missing, but this was the first physical evidence they found that put him there. Though it felt like that might be a major breakthrough in the case, Ryan has been missing for more than a year now. The chief of police told KLKN, somebody has to know something about this. Somebody knows what happened to him and we need to find out who that somebody is and what they know because this just didn't happen. I don't believe he just walked away and went on a Tom Sawyer hunt. Something happened to him and we need to find out who and what. 
If you have any information about the disappearance of Ryan Larson, please contact the La Vista County Police Department at 402-331-1582. I'll be posting his missing persons flyer in the missing persons highlight. For photos of each missing person in today's episode, check out the missing persons highlight at the top of my Instagram profile at the Heather Ashley. The contact information for each case will be listed in the show notes of this episode. To listen ad-free and get access to bonus episodes, subscribe to Big Mad True Crime on Apple Podcasts or check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash bigmadtruecrime, where for just one whole dollar a month, your episodes are totally ad-free. I'll be bringing you more missing persons a week from today, and I cannot wait. But until then, we out.